y'all don't know that I stand on the side of the camera while they're finishing and worship with them. Worship is so, so invaluable to revelation from God. Can I just say that? If you want to hear from God, it took me 25 years of my life to understand that until I opened up in worship, I was blocking the flow of heavenly waters to come into my life. I knew all the right stuff, but I never made the connection until I engaged in worshiping God. Some of you are not there yet, and that's okay. I've been in your shoes, but I can promise you open up the gates to heaven through worship God will flood your life with things you never imagined possible before you're seated this morning oh today is a good one I gotta like keep it together because I'm just so full of energy right now I've got all kinds of emotions stirring before you're seated I want to give you my passage Matthew chapter 8 verse 23 through 27 When you got it, just chat, got it, chat, amen, chat, a Bible emoji, chat with you, just chat something and let us know that we're not alone. It says in verse 23, chapter 8, now when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, talking about Jesus, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea so that the boat was covered with the waves, but he was sleeping. Oh no. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said to them, why are you fearful? O you of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And then he went to the coffee machine. No, that's not in there. I don't know about y'all, but after I like awake, the first thought is the coffee machine. Verse 27. So the men marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? As you're seated this morning, turn to your neighbor and tell him, even the winds obey Jesus. Even the winds obey Jesus. Well, we got so much good news today. I mean, we could go without a sermon and it would be just as good, I think. But this is a good sermon, so don't, don't mean you got to leave online early. Don't mean you have to walk on online because I can't see you because I can see you in my spirit. So no leaving early. Reminds me of school. When I used to get in trouble at school for not being at school. Anyway, so don't ever do that, kids. We got a couple announcements. Shout out to Ring Cameras. We want to give thanks to Ring Cameras. Because sometimes God uses men and God uses cameras to protect you. And so that's a little inside joke to the crew here. Shout out to the ring cameras of the world. We thank you for your service. (laughs) Oh, too much espresso. Listen, this is it, okay? This is not a maybe this time. This is not, well, if it doesn't change. No, we are going back Sunday. Today is the last day in this house, this house. But it's not the last day of being in God's house. It's a new day starting Sunday. And yeah, get out the Chris Farley clip of the joy and excitement that's going to be shown because it's going down Sunday 
August 23rd, we relaunch One Seed 3.0. The 2.0 season went really fast. 3.0 at the Regal Theater this Sunday. So all you volunteers, make sure you check your schedule. Listen, it's for real this time. I'm not going to be messaging you later with an email this week saying, I'm sorry we got canceled again. It's happening. It's happening. And we're going to send out some good correspondence with some details of some precautionary stuff and just, you know, good measure because of the pandemic. But we're moving forward. So God, thank you for that. If you're, good, if you're just happy that we get to see each other in human form, per, in person, just give me some praise right now on the chat. Just give me 10 seconds right now. Come on. If we had some Derek on the drums, we'd be going on the drums right now. 10 seconds. Praise emoji, praise emoji, praise emoji. Praise emoji. Another exciting thing I'm really excited about is I get to wear shoes again. I have been preaching in my socks for five months in one week, but who is keeping track? Okay? So I'm going to have to up my game and put shoes back on. Oh, the burdens I carry to keep it together. For real, I haven't worn a pair of shoes since we've been home. (laughs) But today I want to talk to you about something that maybe you can relate to. And even in seasons of joy, things can happen to stir your, your, your fear and your worry. In fact, life will never be one or the other. It's always a mixture of waves coming to and from the boat. It's always a mixture. And we were talking about God flooding in his revelation from heaven when we open up in worship. And we're going to talk about floods today, the waters of heaven. See, Often we can mistake a flood as a problem when maybe it's really a renewal, a reminder of God's never falling, failing provision. And God's really good at intercepting a problem and bringing peace from it. It's really confusing to us to know which it is sometimes. I saw a great sermon once, they called it 50-50 faith. You don't know if it's God or it's not. He's good at exposing weakness in our situation to bring strength as the remedy, which means sometimes you have to be put in a vulnerable situation to see how God can move in your life because when you always have it together and you never need anybody's help, how can God help you? That's self-reliant. So it's important our faith is tested. And if my priority is flipped in these times of crisis or flooding, when the waves are heavy and the winds are strong, like the apostles felt, I may miss the opportunity and outpouring God wants to give me. In the heat of the moment, especially when emotions are rampant and running wild, if I forget the power of prayer, I may think the waves may be too big for me and they just might overtake my life. The Bible says the peace of God surpasses all understanding and will guard us in times of trouble and affliction. And so without these moments of vulnerability, we never really get to see what we're made of. So I want to tell you a story today. Can I tell you a story about a place we used to, was it dwell? Talk Bible. We used to dwell, abide at the lake. Talk about the lake a lot. We've been at the lake a lot this season because it's nice out. And why not? And so I want to tell you this story that I think will be funny now, but it wasn't funny in the moment. (laughs) In fact, I can laugh now because 
I only had anxiety for about a week after it happened. And so we were at the, we were at this place once and this place we, we dwelled or abode. And, and I was out doing some work one day, maybe fishing. I don't know if I was really working. I was working on catching a fish. Okay. I wasn't doing any work. I was slacking. And I get this text or no, it wasn't a text. It was someone yelling at me. Was it you yelling or was it Chloe telling me you were yelling for me? She doesn't know the story. Oh, she's going to remember in a second. (laughs) Thank you, Michelle, for the support. (laughs) She's on the deck, okay? She's yelling, we have a problem. We have a problem. She's about 100 feet away. I'm down by the water. And I'm thinking, okay, the wife says there's a problem. It's always no big deal with one of the kids. I'm thinking one of the kids got hurt or something. But it's probably not as bad as it sounds. And she's like, we have a problem. That's all she was saying. Do you remember now? Okay, she remembers. (laughs) I knew it would come back to you. So I kind of hurry up the steps. And she says, the plumber, you know, is working on that pipe to fix that issue. We were putting a water softener in, and we wanted wanted softened water to go to some new places that wasn't previously soft. And, and, And he's flooding the basement right now. I get chills thinking about it. He said, the basement's flooding right now. She said it so calmly. The basement's flooding right now. We're outside. So I walk in the house. It's a year old, by the way. This is a new house. And the plumber's in the HVAC room. And I hear, curse word, curse word, curse word. I hear a little bit of cursing, and I hear water. And what it was is the plumber... He was drowning in my basement because he had cut a pipe, okay? He had cut a pipe that was actually the the PEX tubing into the house. It was the inbound main water line, not the outbound that he thought routed to the rest of the house. It was the inbound, and he cut it in two and was being blasted like a fire hydrant in the face. So I heard choking. I'm not trying to be funny. I heard choking, cursing, and water. It's because he was trying to stop the water, and it was drowning him, and he was in this little pickle of a space. You want to talk about, what were we talking about? Oh, like, like, like the rooms on the ship, small. This is like that, like really small. Like you, you got to contort your body to even get through there and work on this plumbing. And, and it's just like, psh, and I'm thinking, oh my God, this is not really happening. And I'm thinking, so, so here's what I do, okay? I'm pretty good about staying calm in the heat, of the heat of the moment. Just let me tell you, I'm pretty good about it. Can I get an amen, Michelle? I'm pretty calm when it comes to drastic uh, life or death or uh, expensive situations. And, and I said, hey, man, what can I do? What can I do? And I hear, he was just drowning with the hose. And so I'm like, okay, he's not answering me. Basement. So, so the water was in this room and there was a drain, thank God. But if it was to keep going, it was going to start creeping out into the carpet, into the lower level. And, and we, we, we hadn't been in this place long. And so, so I'm going, I don't know what to do. This is the main water line. I'm thinking, there's nothing, I, I don't know what to shut off. I don't even know where the main shut off is on the property. I don't know what to do. And I'm going, what do I do, God? It's just, pshhh. And in that moment, I felt completely helpless completely helpless. I always have an answer, church. You know, you know, you can ask Nate. I always got a solution. But in this moment, I was completely helpless. 
and I'm standing there listening to the water, listening to this man drown, and, and he, he's not letting go because he knows if he lets go of that pipe, there's no stopping it. So he's trying to stop it, and he's risking himself. Thank God for that. And all I hear is this water, and all I knew to do, just like other times this has happened, is to start praying. So I started praying, God, help me, Lord. I can't even think straight right now. How do you think when the water is so heavy and so aggressive, you can't think? It's all reaction. You have no time to plan how to fix something when the water is pouring in so strong. All I could do was call on the name of Jesus. So what happened? To be continued. I'm going to get there. You see, the title of today's message is The Floodgates of Peace. The Floodgates of Peace peace. Touch your neighbor, tell him heaven wants to flood your life with the peace of God. Heaven wants to flood your life with the peace of God. It's funny, as I tell this story, I didn't think it was so much, so much damage in me, but I actually get, I can feel the panic that I felt in the moment. And I can be real with y'all that for days, I didn't sleep good after this, thinking, what if that happens again in, in my sleep? And what, what happens if, it, if we're out of town and this pipe bursts and, and we don't even know the house is flooding again? Like, what, what happens? And I, I became this faithless, fearful man until I backed off all the emotion. I said, God, bring peace. God, bring peace. So the problem was he cut the main line to the house. So there's no valve inside the house to turn it off because he cut it off. So... There is a valve on the property somewhere, but I didn't know where it was. And while your basement's flooding, you don't know how to think straight and go find it. And so I want to ask you if you can relate to that today, maybe not in a, in a literal flooding of your basement, but maybe you're trying to find a shutoff when something is flooding your life and you can't because the waters are so strong, you can't figure out even how to make a thought straight to go find a way to shut it off. So what you're really doing is you're trying to defend against the waters like the apostles on the boat instead of finding the source of the water. We're trying to stop the water from shooting at us, but we're not really trying to locate what's creating the water to begin with because it's got to be bad. It's got to be bad, right? Because God would not do that to my life. God would not do that to my basement. Zorro snap in living color. Shout out to all you people my age, millennials looking at me with deer in headlights right now. Damon Wayans, Google it, funny stuff, okay? Damon and Wayans brothers, anybody? Okay. So, we've got this flood, okay? And I'm asking you, problem after problem, if you have ever felt that because you can't turn it off. And there's no time to fix it. There's no time to fix a relationship when you're starting a new one while the other one's damaged, you know? Maybe we're trying to shut it by impulse, you can't fix anything when you're trying to amend it by going to start something new while this one's still bleeding, okay? You can't stop the bleeding over here when you're trying to go start something new over here. It's too fast. I can't pay the bills because the bills are coming in faster than the checks are arriving in my direct deposit, you know? The man's taking too many taxes and I can't pay my bills because the bills are coming faster than the stimulus check or whatever it is. I can't find the shutoff to get my head straight. I can't find a way to just stop it for a minute to get my head straight. 
But when you put God first, there's going to be some floods. And he will flood your life just like the storms on the boat. He'll flood it with peace. Remember, he seized the waters in an instant. So do you think it's coincidence that he was sleeping and let them get hit by the storm before he stopped it? Or do you realize he was testing their faith? Because really, if it was just about not getting wet, not, not receiving the waters, he would have just made it sunny out to begin with because he's God, you know? He is the word made flesh and dwelt among us. The fullness of the Godhead dwells in Christ bodily. He is the father in creation, the son in redemption, the spirit in regeneration. So if he wanted to make it nice and sunny, 70 degrees on the boat, chilling, catching some fish, he could have. There is a reason he let the storm hit them first before he seized and made peace. Revelation comes through the flood. When you desire to worship in prayer, revelation comes to your flood. Maybe negativity is what's flooding your life. You want the peace of God to flood your life, but actually negativity is flooding your life. So you're dwelling on so much negativity and it's just in your mind occupying your, your space that there's no room for peace because you're insisting on entertaining the negativity. You gotta, you gotta rebuke that stuff out. That's the devil's game. Get out of here, devil. I rebuke those thoughts. You know, you've got all these great things to think about and the devil got you thinking about this one little slice of this one thing that you got all twisted wrong anyway. That's stinking thinking. And so it feels like a flood, but maybe you're not controlling where the water's coming from. Maybe you're not finding the shutoff. You're just letting it flow in the moment. Negativity produces tension. Tension produces anxiety, and that is not the peace of God. Panic, anxiety, panic and anxiety is not the peace of God. If I entertain stimulants that produce problems, I'm going to keep finding pain. If I look for a solution to stop the flow with more problems, with more bad decisions, with more negativity, with more impulse, emotional decision-making that makes me feel, feel loved for a second, and then I feel dirty again after, you're going to find more pain because you're not finding the source of the flood. You're not finding the shutoff. So there is a shutoff on this property. It's up on the hill. And you got to have all you plumbers out there and people smarter than me because I was like kind of silly in the moment going, what do I do, God? It's like, well, there's a key. Y'all know the big shutoff key, like when the people, if you have like a sprinkler and they come do your sprinkler, they open up the ground, they put the big old key in the ground so no one can tamper with it unless they got the key, which you can get at Lowe's, by the way, or Amazon. I got mine on Amazon because I buy Amazon everything. So they got like this three-foot key. If you don't have the key, you can't reach the shutoff. So if you can find the shutoff and you've got the key, you can turn off the flood. Well, my problem was, I was heavily emotionally charged, and so was the plumber who almost drowned. And so, so he did stop the water with a, a crimping tool. All you plumbers, I don't know what he put on there, but it was like a crimper. Like, he just like seized the end of the pipe for a minute. It was a temporary solution. The flood was still there. And as soon as that puppy come free, guess what happens? The flood comes back. So I said, I said I'm no plumber, but... Why didn't you turn the, water, the main water out in the yard off first before you cut my main line? Why didn't you do that? He goes, well, I don't usually do that because this never happens. 
Oh, really? Until today, at my expense. Okay, so like now, now, like now, like the normal me is coming back, and I'm starting to get a little logical. I'm like, why would you mess with the main water line but not turn the water, the main water off first? Well, he said, well, I don't, I don't actually know where the, the shutoff is, and you got to have a key. And I said, well, I, you're the plumber, you're the expert. I don't know where it's at. And you're telling me I'm going to find the shutoff for you? I didn't, I didn't yell all this. I'm thinking this. In the moment, I was like, do you need a T-shirt? I know you're cold. Because it was ice cold water, by the way, hitting this man. So he was a little delusional. So I gave him a break because, you know, who could think after getting hit in the face with that water for what felt like eternity? But you got to have a key. And so we thought we found where the key goes, Okay. So we, th- we, said, we said, here, remember, we're both delusional. We're up to the hill. Okay, I think this is it. You think this is it? Yeah, I think this is it too. He's asking me, the home, you know, homeowner, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I think that's it. Let's just turn that valve and see what happens. <laughs> what if we're wrong? Well, it's going to flood again. Okay, so we turn the lever, Cameron. We turn it. This one didn't take a key, though. We could reach it with our hands. Red flag, it didn't line up. You know when it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not going to go God's way. So when you think it's, it's fine, when you think it's fine, Sarah and, 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 and Hagar, and you think it's fine to do it your way, it's not going to go God's way because it didn't line up. So as soon as I saw that that thing didn't take a shut-off key, I knew something was wrong, but I was so emotionally charged and just wanted to fix I said, let's just do it this way anyway. Let's just turn this thing. And he's like, okay, let's do it. So we turn it. We go down to the basement. Oh, God. Guess what happens? Because the only way to find out if it worked is to take the thing off the end of the hose, okay? You guys with me? So we got this hose coming into my house, and he's got this little, like, like clothespin thing on it. And then the only way to tell if our shutoff worked is to pull the clothespin off. And guess what? Guess what I hear? Get choking, choking, curse word, curse word, curse word. Again, it's like a replay of, of 30 minutes earlier. And I'm like, no, he didn't flood my house again. Okay? So now I'm getting angry, but I'm also sympathetic because he's drowning. So, but I'm like, if he survives, I'm going to ring. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to do that because I'm a pastor. So all these thoughts are going through my, my head, you know. I'm like, he's flooding my basement again. Oh, I gotta, I'm not going to pay this bill. They're going to have to pay me. Anyway, so this time... He gets a crimper back on there again, okay? He does it twice. The problem is the underlying flow of the issue. It's not what's on the surface. It's not what's coming out of the pipe. It's that the valve is allowing it to flow through. And again, I'm praying. I'm going, God, please stop it. God, stop this flood. I don't know what else to do, God. So it stops again. Keep in mind, we never found the valve yet. What that was? That was the septic tank's valve to let the septic sewage be carried away from the property to the community sewer. So we thought we turned off the floodgates from hell to our house when really we were stopping the sewage from leaving it. See, we were way off track, you know? We thought we were dealing with heavenly water and we were dealing with hell's sewage. It's not good. Sewage, no fun. Anyway, Especially when the septic tank quits working and your drains start filling up and you flush the toilet and you see the drains, you see the water in the drains rising, you go, hmm, that's not good. That's not good because everything in the house goes to the septic tank. Everything, including your showers. 
here's the point, guys, because I'm rambling because I'm amped about life right now. I'm just amped because God is so good. And this story reminds it to, to me and makes me emotional today. But the physical flood reminded me of my inability to shut off the negativity of my mind. That's why I talked about it, because I'm talking to myself. And so in the moment, that inability to do anything reminded me of moments where I've had this flood of negativity in my mind and how I don't know how to stop it except rebuke it and keep rebuking it. And if I keep rebuking it enough, it'll lessen and lessen and finally it'll go away. But some of us don't even know that's what's happening. They don't know we're being flooded. And so we don't even know to go look for the shutoff or find a key because we don't even know how to shut it off to begin with because we can't stop the flow because we don't even know what we're dealing with. You're dealing with the enemy's attack. But sometimes the flood is not the enemy. Remember, heaven wants to flood your life with the peace of God. Remember, the boat was storming and flooding upon while Jesus was right there sleeping. You know he knew about it. Jesus allowed it. I don't know if he sent it, but he allowed it. And there was a reason he allowed it. See, when you put God first, he's going to flood your life with peace in the middle of a storm. As bad as that fire hose sound was in my mind, for days I could just hear in my sleep, and I'd wake up with that panic, you know? Is the house okay? As bad as that can be, I remember greater that calmness of peace because I remember Jesus is always in my boat. He's always in the middle. He said, why are you fearful? I allowed it. I am here and I could stop it. Just like that. Just like he put the crimper on there. Just like he put, in the second time, let me tell you also, that he was able to slide an actual valve on to where there was a shutoff handle so that he could just shut it off properly. Because the second time we knew what we were dealing with. We need a flood sometimes. Touch your neighbor, tell him you need a flood sometimes to wash away your worry, your doubt, your fears, and your negativity. You need to wash out the flood of negativity with the flood from heaven, from heavenly places. Because remember, the waves obey him and not the other way around. The storm wasn't running free. God had control from the get-go. He controls the way. What man is this? Who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Verse 27. God is in control. So when the floods are coming, you have to get to a place of stillness. Stillness. It's not easy. When you hear a man drowning in your HVAC room. I don't think he would have really drowned, but he would have been incapacitated. We would have still had to call 911 because it was, it was blasting him in the face. When you hear that and you hear the water and you just all these thoughts are going through your head, you're charged. You have to go, God, I remember you're in my boat. I will remember peace, God. Bring your peace now, God. I call upon your name right now, Jesus. I have no other option, God. How dare I ever put you second because you have to be first. I will pray in the heat of the storm, in stillness. Remember, the Bible says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, it surpasses what we can make sense of. 
God will do things that surpass what you can make sense of. It says, we'll guard our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 4, 7. Y'all have heard it. Peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that's what he did on the boat. And that's what he did in the house with the water. Praying was the only option, church. Sometimes prayer is the only options to stop the flood. And he did. See, prayer petitions, the Bible says, make supplication. It's, it's asking God to intervene in the things we can't handle. And, you know, sometimes our pride gets in the way. We got this. I got this, God. If I do it your way, I got to compromise. If I do it my way, I get to do everything I want. But I forget there's a consequence. And when you really need to call on God, you will. So I encourage you this morning not to wait till you have no choice. Make God your first choice to always call on God, whether it's life or death, where it's, whether it's catastrophic situations or not, whether the floods are too turbulent or not, too tumultuous winds, too boisterous winds, too boisterous waves. Call on him first. First. Jesus is in the middle. There's no time to forget who the center of your peace is because in the moment you'll go blank. So you have to just go, boom, Jesus, I know Jesus is in the middle. You have to have it so instilled in you that you just start praying without thinking about it because there's no time to think about it in the moment. When the flood comes again, I can relax because I know my peace is in the middle of these waters. Here's the thing, if y'all could stand with me this morning as we wrap out, wrap up One Seed Church Basement Edition. Every time you make a season change, it can, it can, it can mess with you because change is hard. And I'm so glad we are moving. I just totally digressed. I'm so glad we're moving back to the theater. But I'm thankful for everybody that has invested in this because this is what I'm going to remember in 20 years because it was the rare thing, not the norm. And so Cameron, Nolani, Chloe, Michelle, not Chloe, Michelle, but Chloe and Michelle, that's her middle name. And just you all church, how cool that we can look back and say, we did that. We went through all those weeks. We didn't miss a week because we know the devil is a liar. So I'm giving thanks and praise for that today. But I want to tell you something really cool about this sermon here. Is the floodwaters you were fearing that were going to destroy you? Maybe God delivering you. Maybe it's God delivering you. You can quit blaming the devil sometimes because sometimes it's God delivering something you needed. You see, after we fix the pipe, <laughs> so funny now that it's done with. After we fixed the pipe, we found another hole in the ground up on the property. And guess what? It had the right kind of lever for the key. That was an indicator. Guess what it said? It said water on it, like W-A-T-E-R. And we're both going, okay, hashtag fail. It was the main water. We turned it off. 
We go down, we check the pipe, open the valve up. Guess what happens? No water because we turned it off at the supply. We didn't have to defend against it hitting us because we knew how to control things at the supply. That's your prayer. That's you recognizing your peace of God. You know how to control it at the supply. And God has to let it in so you can know how to deal with it when it hits you. And then God says, it was right here all along. And may I add that we had a piece of PVC pipe that we didn't have a real key. So we just cut the little niche. It's just a little notch you cut out of something. And we just turned that thing like that. And I'm going, all right, Lord, you're telling me you had to flood the basement twice. Give me scarring for a long time. And in all this fear, when all along, all I do is walk up the hill and turn that little lever with the PVC pipe. He said, that's right. Because you weren't dependent on me first. You have to realize the power of prayer. And you forgot I was on the boat. So until you remember always that I'm in the boat, even when times are good, even when the weather's good and it's beach weather, you got to remember I am first. Prayer is first. Can I tell you another side story real quick while we're standing? This has nothing to do with the sermon. But when I was a little baby and I was just born, that just came to me. When I was just born, my lungs were not fully developed. Go, go figure. Now I'm just like so loud, you know. So, so my lungs, they put you in an incubator, okay? And so I remember my mom, this is, this is so cool, and my mom and dad will remember this because they were there. They went through the experience. They wanted to, like, put me in some other room, and it was Cardinal Glennon Hospital or something. And, and my mom said, no, 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 we got to call the pastor. This was Brother Rome. This was, this was, um, this was Bob Rome, probably, and, and, and old brother Guy Rome. This was Guy Rome. This is way back. This is 1979, people. Guy Rome, thank you for your service. We love you. He's with, he's with God now in heaven just an amazing man, but she insisted that I get prayed. No, I know what it was. My grandpa, who was not serving God, didn't know anything about God. He didn't want us to stop and pray. And she said, no, we need pastor to come pray for me, the baby, before they take me on. So we stopped in the aisle, she says. I don't remember because I was only like a day old. And, 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 and Brother Guy Rome prayed for me before. You see, the church knows there's something in prayer that the world doesn't because you can't see it. You can't make sense of it. It surpasses all understanding, the Bible says. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. That's what prayer petitions, peace that we'll never understand. He says, even who can this be? That even the winds and the sea obey him. You see, it was beyond their understanding even back then. And they were expert fishermen. And they were expert captains of the boat. They knew the waters and they still said, how can this be? That's where prayer can penetrate, make intercession, because it can do things above what makes sense, what the, what the man can do with the pipe. God can come in and stop the waters. That's why, church, prayer is always number one in the hospital, at the ball game, at the basement flood. Don't forget the prayer. May God let it rain a little longer, even though the key was right there. Because he says, I control the waters. I control the waters. If you could bow your head with me as we close out one seed 2.0. We're calling it 3.0 we're going into. Just lift a hand with me right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No one's looking even in person. Because if even in person, we wouldn't see each other.
even at home, every head bowed, every eye closed. Lift your hands to the heavens. Say, God, flood my life with your peace so that I know how to call on your name when the storm comes and that I don't have to mistake fear for my faithfulness coming to fruition because you're trying to deliver me. And I thought the devil was trying to attack me. God, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you send me through experiences because without no experiences, I can never witness and testify of your great name. I can only hear so much, but until I've lived it and felt it and been touched by your spirit, I can never testify and witness of your great name. So God, we thank you for the floods. We thank you for the storm that you could seize it at any time, but you made us go through it first. You made us go through the Corona season, God. You needed us to go through the Corona season so we could remember in all seasons, you are first. God, we give thanks and praise. And even though we don't know the whole future, we don't need to know because we know who, because you've got the control of the ship, God. So we are so thankful. We're going into one seed 3.0, August 23rd, and we're going to raise the roof with the fire of God because we believe, God, that you are going to magnify this church. You are going to exalt this church, your church, to the community and the world. And though we're in a basement right now, you're going to do mighty things with minimal situations to the world, God. You're going to make a big stamp on the world with what the world thinks is insignificant. And if everybody could just together say, in Jesus' name, amen.